Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, the USS Salem, docked in Quincy, Massachusetts, was only active for about 10 years and never saw any combat. So how has it earned the reputation of being one of the most haunted ghost ships in the country? We explore the history of the ship and the unusually high amount of death that occurred in and around the Sea Witch. This is episode number 32 of Hometown Ghost Stories, the ghost ship USS Salem, Quincy, Massachusetts. June 15th, 2013, USS Salem, Quincy, Massachusetts, 11.30 p.m. Aaron had just finished breaking down the snack bar after a night of ghost tours. The ship was supposedly haunted, but Aaron, being a pragmatist, wasn't particularly bothered by this. She shut the lights off and picked up a stack of trays to bring down to the storage area to be used the following week. She was used to the narrow hallways and had no problem navigating them, even in the dark. As she descended to the ship's lowest level, a pungent smell hit her nose, causing her to audibly gag. It smelled like a dead animal, and she assumed it was. Rats were known to dwell on that lower level, and the crew would occasionally find their remains. She flipped the light switch on and continued down the hall towards the storage area just beyond the butter room. Despite her pragmatism and disbelief in all things paranormal, it would give her an unsettling feeling in the pit of her stomach. As she got closer to it, the rotten smell transformed into more of a combination of rot and burning hair. She wanted to pull the neck of her t-shirt over her nose to block the smell, but her hands were full. All of a sudden, the lights went out, and a cold blast of air rushed past her. I'm down here, she called out to whoever just shut the lights out. She turned around to the stairway she had just came from, and saw a dark silhouette of a man in the light from the doorway behind him. Turn that back on, she called to him, but he just stood there. Then she remembered there was another switch next to the freezer door. She set the trays down on the floor and approached the switch. The figure was standing in the same spot at the other end of the hall. She flipped the switch on, filling the hall with light. She was about to yell at the man for shutting the lights off, but as she looked up, he was gone. She shook her head in an attempt to shake off whatever trick her mind was playing on her. She hurried past the butter room, tossed the trays on the shelf and doubled back towards the stairs, not quite running. That's when the lights went out again. This time she screamed. She felt the presence of something standing behind her, but she didn't dare look. She sprinted for the stairs. She ran all the way up to the top deck and kept sprinting across the deck, down the ramp, and out to the employee parking lot into her car. She shut and locked the door and sat there catching her breath. As she sat there for a moment, she laughed to herself and realized how ridiculous she'd been. But she stopped laughing when she noticed the sudden smell of burning, rotten meat. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, the USS Salem, Quincy, Massachusetts. The USS Salem is a 17,000-ton heavy cruiser. It was built at Quincy, Massachusetts and laid down on July 4, 1945 by the Bethlehem Steel Company's Four River Shipyard. The Salem was commissioned in May of 1949. The second ship of her class, she was the world's last heavy cruiser to enter service and the only one remaining. After a visit to Salem, Massachusetts, the heavy cruiser underwent three months of shakedown at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, followed by post-shakedown repairs at the Boston Navy Yard. She would make two cruises to Guantanamo and participated in maneuvers with the Atlantic Fleet in 1950. While in Guantanamo Bay, the ship would respond to an explosion on a different ship. Several sailors were taken aboard the USS Salem, where at least six of them died. She spent a decade-long active career alternating between service in the Atlantic Ocean and going back and forth to the Mediterranean Sea as the flagship of the Sixth Fleet. 
The USS Salem made her first med cruise from May to September of 1950. The Salem would visit ports in Italy, France, Greece, Malta, Turkey, Algeria, and Lebanon. She would return to Boston in 1951 and sail for six weeks of intensive gunnery training at Guantanamo. The Salem completed her training off Bermuda and on March 20th sailed for the Mediterranean to relieve Newport News as sixth flagship. The Salem participated in Exercise Beehive 2, which involved units of the U.S., British, French, Italian, and Greek natives in 1952. In August of 1953, the USS Salem would be the first to respond to a massive earthquake in Greece. The Ionian earthquake, also known as the Great Kefalonia earthquake, struck the southern Ionian islands in Greece on August 12th. The event measured 6.8 on the moment magnitude scale and caused massive damage throughout the islands of Kefalonia and Zakythos. It's estimated that between 445 and 800 people were killed in the tragedy. That number would have been much higher had they not evacuated most of the island's 118,000 inhabitants. According to the New York Times, the Salem happened to be the only ship in the area, and they were the first to respond to the event, arriving on August 16th, turning the heavy cruiser into a makeshift hospital and morgue until more help arrived. It's estimated that around 400 dead bodies were stored on the USS Salem, with many spending their final moments on the ship. Around 175 to 190 victims died on board during the six-week period. The sailors of the Salem provided emergency medical aid, food, and water until the Royal Navy, the HMS Gambia, and the HMS Bermuda arrived. Four Israeli warships also assisted in the efforts. In 1956, the USS Salem was designated as the permanent 6th Fleet flagship and began her 7th Mediterranean tour in May of that year. The Salem was used to portray the German pocket battleship Admiral Graf Spee in a 1956 film, The Battle of River Plate. The original German ship had only a single triple-gun turret, while the Salem has two triple-gun turrets forward of its superstructure. The hull number 139 was also clearly visible in many shots, but the film crew played it off by explaining that the German Navy often disguised raiders as neutral ships, the U.S. being neutral at the time. In her longest cruise, the Salem was present during the crisis over Suez in 1956 and Jordan in 1957. After over two years abroad, the cruiser was finally set to head back to the United States, but the 1958 Lebanon crisis would change their plans. That year, the USS Salem arrived in Monaco to celebrate the birth of Albert II, the son of Princess Grace Kelly. The Salem would briefly serve as flagship of the Second Fleet in the Atlantic before being decommissioned in January of 1959, where she would remain in the Reserve Fleet at Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for over 30 years. In 1994, the Salem would be moved back to the city where she was built and turned into a museum ship at Quincy, Massachusetts. The USS Salem, also known as the Sea Witch, has earned a reputation as being one of the most haunted ghost ships in the United States, some calling it a paranormal goldmine. Despite the fact that the ship was only in service for about 10 years and never saw any combat at all, the Sea Witch saw an unusually high amount of death on the ship. From the estimated 400 bodies that were stored on the ship, while it served as a makeshift hospital and morgue during the Ionian earthquake, to the various other crises that she responded to, we start to get an idea of how haunted these halls have become. The Hometown Ghost Stories crew had a pleasure of boarding the ghost ship last weekend during the Paracon 2022. This was a two-day convention featuring many local and national paranormal teams, authors, mediums, psychics, podcasters, and artists. We spent the weekend on the ship, learning its history, talking with investigators, veterans, and museum volunteers. We also took the time to conduct a few paranormal investigations ourselves, including spirit box sessions, using EMF detectors, and EVP sessions below deck. While we didn't capture much in terms of evidence on the ship, we did get a chance to speak with a few teams who did. The Greater Boston Paranormal Associates have spent many sleepless nights on the Salem, and we had a chance to sit down with Jim Hearn, who is an investigator for the GBPA. He explained his encounters with the ghost of a young girl named Lucy, and more recently, they believe that they have made contact with the ghost of her mother as well. Both are believed to be Greek spirits, victims of the earthquake. They collected evidence from using a pendulum, which would swing between yes and no answers, receiving clear and direct answers to many of their questions. His team was also visited by a ghost named Robert, who was not as friendly and made it clear that he wanted them to leave. One member of his team even reported seeing the ghost in the corner of the CPO mess, which is believed to be the most haunted room on the ship. It was also the room where we sat down and conducted this interview. 
Robert's ghost was staring at her with, quote, weird eyes. They asked Robert if he liked women, and he gave them a clear no. Here's a little bit of what Jim Hearn had to say. She was asking if, um, she was asking if there are any portals, and is there a portal where I'm sitting, and a huge yes, okay? So I said, because we've had people say there's one over there, so I walked over there, and she said, is there, is there anything over there, is there a portal over there where Jim is? And got a definite yes on that one, too. And they said, is there any, any more? So I went over here, and it said yes, and then... Sandra was like, in her mind, was seeing something over there with like weird eyes staring at her. Oh, wow. And, a lot, and she was feeling something like on the back of her neck, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then asking about Robert and um, do you like us being here? No. Do you like, I don't know how it got around asking, do you like women? And, and it was such a no, it wasn't funny. It What's was, the significance of this room? I heard it's one of the more haunted rooms. It is. Um, CPO, Chief Petty Officer's mess. Um, no matter when, this is always the hottest room, and I think the hot, one of the hottest rooms on the house, on the ship, yeah. as far as temperature goes. Yeah. You know? Um, we get a lot of um, action with REM pods, cat balls, um, like last Friday night, we Eva Nagy had a, uh, a um, music box, and it was facing the door, and it was it was going constantly. And I had a REM card down here, and that was going off. Beneath the third mess hall, a ghost known as the Burning Man is said to lurk. Presumably one of the six victims who died on board in response to the Guantanamo Bay explosion. He smells of death and hides in the birthing area, also known as the Butter Room, where the bodies of the earthquake victims were stored. Some claim that a pack of hellhounds roam the ship at night, capturing EVPs of their growls and hearing them run up and down the hallways. There have also been reports of a friendlier dog who will brush up against your leg. On our second day on the ship, we were having a conversation with a fan who came up to our booth, and she stopped talking mid-sentence, claiming that something brushed up against the back of her legs, then took off down the hallway. She believes that this might have been the ghost of the dog. In the kitchen, there is said to be the spirit of a cook who still helps keep the kitchen in order despite being dead for over 60 years. In an interview with the Patriot Ledger, Don D. Cristofaro, a founding member of the GBPA, says, quote, it's no joke that the Salem is a haunted place. He says that while conducting tours, there is no guarantee that something paranormal is going to happen, but it's a very, very rare night when nothing happens on the Salem. Their group often hears footsteps and have many recordings of faint, unknown voices in the background of their conversations there. Don says that their most intense experience occurred in the ship's large wardroom, where they witnessed a chair being pulled away from the center table. Then, the chair on the other end of the table fell over. They began to hear a loud whirring sound, which they believe was coming from the drill in the dentist office in the next room. Other ghosts that have been reported to haunt the Salem include John, a ghost tour operator that is still giving tours even after his death. An angry sentinel, believed to be a more violent spirit who will get aggressive if you disrespect the ship. The Living Doll Girls, which is a group of mischievous spirits who bang on the freezer near the wardroom pantry. And the ghost known as the Salty Sea Captain, who is believed to be a volunteer during the earthquake who committed suicide after finding his wife's mutilated body. According to the ship's museum printer Peter Bloomberg, who worked on the Salem for 21 years, he had only seen one ghost. He was walking down a hallway near the back of the ship when a large male figure appeared several dozen feet in front of him. They made eye contact. Then the figure turned and walked silently down the staircase. Bloomberg was intrigued, but maintains that there was no way it could have been one of the ship's volunteers and believes that he finally saw one of the many ghosts aboard the Sea Witch. During the Halloween season, the ship has been turned into a terrifying haunted house. Ghost Ship Harbor was the only haunted attraction on the East Coast that took place on the Navy ship. It had three scare zones, covering over 100,000 scare feet. It even featured the most handsome DJ on the planet, me. We spent the night on the Ghost Ship a few years back, invited to DJ under the massive 8-inch triple gun turret on a stage built out of a zombie head. 
It was a really cool experience, and the scare zones were honestly some of the best I've ever been to. Many paranormal teams have investigated the ghost ship over the years, including ghost hunters and many more. And it can still be booked if you're looking to investigate the Sea Witch for yourself. I'm Jesse Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, the USS Salem, Quincy, Massachusetts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 32. This one's The Ghost Ship, the USS Salem. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. What's up, Rob? Well, I definitely ate too much chicken marsala before we decided to do a ghost ship episode and, you know, get all wavy on the water here. Rob, I hope you're feeling better. <laughs> Thanks. A little seasick. A little seasick. That's the booming and always too loud voice of Dave. How are you, Dave? <laughs> I'm well. <laughs> Please turn down your microphone before I have a heart attack. Anyways, uh, so that was the USS Salem. We spent uh, many a days on this ship, and it was um, it was very cool. It was very cool. A lot of cool experiences. A lot of cool people we met, and uh, a lot of cool people hang out in chat. Let's just recognize these guys real quick. So, uh, Irish Fridge, thank you for hosting the video or rating, I guess, if you will. But anyways, playing the video also on your stream, a restream from him. Uh, I also want to welcome in Demon King. It's your first time here. Long-time listener, first time hanging out in the live stream. Appreciate that. Jeter Sucks is here as well, and we agree, as we are Red Sox fans, sort of. Uh, Salchuk is here. What's up, buddy? And Cash is always here. And everybody else. So, f- Captain McSlugs. Anyways, um, Fox Crown. How are you? So, shall we jump into it? I yes. So. Yeah, we jump into it. We jump right into it. So, uh, Catholic Slugs immediately wants to hear more about the ghost who gives tours. I'd like to go on a ghost tour. Hosted uh, by a ghost. Hosted by a ghost. That would be, uh, that would be very interesting. Uh, unfortunately, you got all, all of the information that I have on it, you already heard. So, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> if anyone knows anything more about the ghost who still gives tours on the, uh, the haunted ghost ship, you let us know. So uh, we alluded to it last week that we were, I'm sorry, as I punched my microphone, um, that we were on the ghost ship for the Paracon 2022, which was a paranormal convention. Um, we had a booth there. We set up two days, very hot weekend, very long um, experience, but it was a good one. A lot of, um, you know, a couple other podcasts on there, a lot of paranormal investigators, uh, some artists, mediums, psychics, you name it. Uh, there was a whole Bigfoot exhibit, which always humors me, but there was uh, there was all that going on there. And then you had um, you had the ghosts. So full disclosure, I walked into this event thinking that there's no way that this ship could be haunted because all I really knew about the history of the ship was that it was never used in combat. So I'm like, why would a ship that was never used in combat be haunted? That makes no sense. Unless it was some sort of a residual haunting from sailors that had sailed on the ship. But even if they did, it wasn't even that long. I mean, the ship was only in service for 10 years. So I was kind of like, ah, this place is probably not that haunted. But uh, in, in fairness, every house we've covered has been commissioned and decommissioned for war. So as that, well. yeah, that happens for sure. So, um, I mean, the ship was built. It's, I mean, it got approved in like 1943. And then obviously World War II ended. So it was never used in World War II. Um, it was more so used as like a scare tactic to show that uh, the United States is still building ships and they're still going to be bigger and better than yours and they're going to look really scary. And it was used in like hostile situations where they would basically just go park the ship outside of you know uh, Jordan or Suez or whatever, and it would just be sitting there like, hey, you know, you mess around and find out. <laughs> that's such <laughs> a that's such a flex. Just it was a battleship off your coast. What it was was a huge flex, and uh, it worked. It, it was it was doing its job, but it was more so used as like a hospital and uh, a makeshift morgue in a lot of situations. Actually, I only touched on a few of them, but there was a bunch of different. Uh, a lot of them were just like training exercises, and uh, Jim actually spoke about it in the interview. I didn't include that portion, but it was a lot of training exercises where, where people would be loading guns and then they would get distracted and they would reload the same gun, which caused the ammunition to explode and it would cause a huge fire, which is where um, that whole burning man ghost may have come from. That's what they believe is that obviously it was somebody that was badly burned and whether it was from the earthquake or whether it was from a 
uh, training exercise accident that they had responded to medically. Um, that could be either one. We have a comment here. It says Lucas wants to know if it was more fun or scary. Our, I had more fun on the ship for uh, our experience. I didn't, uh, I didn't have anything particularly scary happen to me. But I mean, the the the, sh- the ship itself is um, it's a pr- it's got a pretty ominous look to it because it's old and it's um, worn down and it really has like kind of a spooky look to it. So um, I mean, we're there during the day, so maybe if it was nighttime, it would have been a little bit scarier. But uh, it was a it was a good time. I've been there during the night as well. So when you're on this ship, it it does have the spooky look, the spooky like vibe, but not like. Not like a malicious vibe. Like you definitely feel like something's there with you, but you don't feel in danger. If that makes sense. Yeah, I would agree with that note. I would say just from talking to a lot of the paranormal investigators who have spent extensive time on the ship. Like for example, you have um, the Greater Boston Paranormal Associates. They host ghost tours there, and they're they've spent countless nights there. So, uh, speaking with some of those guys, they have a lot of experience and for the most part they all say that they don't think that there's anything malicious on the ship um i know some of them probably feel a different way but a lot of them think that yes there are ghosts but there's uh, they're not like evil ghosts and there's uh nothing bad going on there so i would say for from my experiences i spent a, i spent i've been on that ship a whole bunch of times and i've never had like a negative feeling even uh, the other day, I went back solo just by myself just to get some last-minute footage because I felt like I didn't have enough. Um, I went through, and I was virtually on the ship by myself wondering, and, and it just it didn't scare me like other locations do when you go in solo. And we've mentioned this on the uh, podcast with Chris Jericho and a few other times. A lot of times with these houses, if you go on with a big group, especially during a convention, it's not going to be scary. You're not going to be like, oh, this place is too creepy because you're having fun. You're surrounded by people. People are joking. You have you know positive vibes. And it doesn't really feel scary. But when you go into these locations solo, that's when you, you get the, the shit scared out of you. And that just didn't happen with this location for me. So do I think it could be haunted? Yeah, because of all the reasons that we listened in the episode, which was basically the unbelievable amount of death that this ship saw without actually being in combat. So could it be haunted? Yes. Do I think it's bad or malicious spirits? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I would say that like our experience is on there because the first time me and you went on there was we were like, they're doing a haunted house on the USS Salem and we have to go see what they're doing there because that sounds awesome. And so like when we went on for that, it was you went there for Halloween. You went there for to be scared and it was cool, but the ship itself was scarier than everything that they decorated it with which is usually not the case so right. i think it, there's there's always that feeling on this ship i think it's also personal preference see for us i think because we're in this field we would rather go to a haunted location and just experience it as is right go to the but you you can so we could have booked the salem at night and gone there and just experience it like that we i mean obviously we got invited because i was djing on the ship we had gone there. They had been there for a few years. I think it's completely shut down. I think the last one that they did was in 2018 um, when we were there to DJ. But we had gone on the to the haunted house the previous year, right. and it's a, it was a really good um, really good haunted house. The producers, or the people that put it together, came all the way I think from Hollywood to set it up, and um, it was probably the longest square footage haunted house I've ever been to to a point where it was almost too yep. long. You're like, this thing just never ends. <laughs> it's just yeah. haunted yeah. room after haunted room after haunted room. So you definitely got your money's worth for sure. Um, but like I said, I, and after you see, so just to stay on the haunted house, like that they built for a second after you see how the ship is without all of the um, decorations and everything, it's impressive that they got, a haunted house on that ship because everything's really narrow and like small rooms on the outside with no other exits for the most part. So the way they were able to design a haunted house on this ship, I just give them kudos for that. Yeah. As far from what I remember, I don't think the haunted house really went below deck. I think most of it was built on, on the top, on the, I don't even know what you call it, but on the, on the first deck and you first walk on. And then I think they built up. So it was like you would go up to the next level. There'd be some things. And those rooms were a little bit bigger and mm-hmm. they had more exit points. So I think it was more 
feasible for them to do that because down low, like you said, the halls are so narrow. You almost feel like you're in like a submarine or something. Um, yeah, hallways, like doorways. Plus, when you go down low, uh, what you say, like a battleship? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a connection. Uh, but when you go down low, every single threshold and every doorway, you have to step over. And I feel like that would be a huge hazard if the lights are out. And I was even thinking back on that. I'm like, wait, how did they get around that? And then I was remembering, I'm like, I don't think they went below deck actually at all, which means they were leaving out a massive portion of the ship. Also, all of the haunted portions of the ship. So, um, and, and when you say you had to step over a doorway, it wasn't like you just casually raise your foot a little bit. It's like you had to do um, like the Mr. It's either the Mr. Bean or the Monty Python walk. Where you have to like kick your leg way up and over just to get over this little doorway. It's like it's a it's a good foot tall structure that you're stepping over. Mm. So it, it's it was just it was real it was really different. It's a really yeah. different experience. Yeah, I slammed my shin a few times. First time in a naval ship. Uh, not my first time, no. But that is that's pretty much how all the the doorways are in all of them. And I wonder if. Uh, because Battleship Cove isn't that far either. I wonder if any of those ships have any haunted history. I think most, if not all, the ships down there probably saw combat too, which is a pretty cool experience. So, obviously, that was in Quincy, Massachusetts. What I'm talking about, Battleship Cove is, I believe, in New Bedford or Fall River, Massachusetts, and that has multiple battleships down there. So, we'll have to I wonder if it's rare to have a battleship that did see combat that isn't at the bottom of the sea. You know what I mean? Hmm. Most ships that you can view, you know, see now, you got to assume probably didn't see a lot of combat. Or they won. Or they won. Mm. But yeah, I mean, one missile will do a whole lot of damage there. But uh, yeah, we'll have to look into, maybe the next one, we'll look into the the ships down at Battleship Cove and see which ones of those are supposed to be haunted. Before we get into the actual ghost on the ship, I, I wanna I wanna bring something up about Quincy. There was a location you were you weren't gonna just do the the ship. You were Correct. gonna add in a couple other things for Quincy. And there was one story that made me laugh pretty hard. We don't have to name the location if you don't want. Oh yeah. No, we can. It was like I think it was the, the John Quincy house. Mm-hmm. Or uh <laughs> yeah, John Quincy Adams house. So I'm just looking at I actually had a really hard time. I'm like, all right, there has to be places um, in Quincy that are haunted. Like it's a old city. It's, it's, it's big. Of course there's going to be a lot of haunted locations and I couldn't find anything. And there was a few of them that would like point you to a few different locations that could be haunted. One of those was the, uh, the John Quincy Adams house. And it's a, it's like a national park. The house is open for tours and everything. So I was like, all right, well let me head down there. And I was like, yeah, let me give him a call first. So I call. This is my new favorite thing to do: is calling the locations. Anyways, I call this lady up, and she's a very nice old lady, and she's she's talking to me, and I'm like, you know, I explain I'm from hometown ghost stories. We have a podcast. She's like, oh, of course, I'm a fan. No, I'm just kidding. But she had no idea who it was. But uh, <laughs> she's <clears throat> she's like, oh, okay. I'm like, it's just straight up. I was like, so is is it haunted? She's like, oh no, I don't think so. Uh, in fact, <laughs> she goes, in fact, everyone that I've ever worked with here for 30 years, uh, they've never said it, that they thought it was haunted. In fact, no one's ever seen anything. And then she even brought it up. She's like, and uh, Ghost Hunters, actually, the TV show had called us up because they wanted to do a show here. And um, after talking with the entire staff uh, and everyone explained that it wasn't haunted, they abandoned the idea. <laughs> so it's like, all right, so take this one off the list. <laughs> the least haunted house yeah. in America. <laughs> and then there yeah, was another. Go ahead. I, just, I just found that when you were telling me and Dave um, on a conversation that I was just dying. I'm like, great. We found the one place like with all this history that involves like this historical figure and there's literally nothing, just literally nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, it, and that can happen. So yeah, some places aren't haunted. That's uh, that's what you have to do is go into something with an open mind. Just, even if a building is hundreds of years old and looks really creepy and looks like it should be haunted, Sometimes it's not. And then the other location, there actually was one, and I'm going to follow up with this one because there was a, it's like a, it's a place where they do psychic readings, um, but it was on the, it was like the only other location that was on the list in Quincy of places that are haunted. There's supposed to be a ghostly woman in white that um, lurks on the second floor. Obviously that's a very common ghost story, but it did pop up in multiple 
uh, on multiple sites that this place was also haunted. So I did give them a call and we had scheduled a sit down to come in, talk with the owner, check it out and uh, discuss the hauntings, but some sort of um, family emergency happened. So that didn't end up uh, occurring then, but we will be following up with that and doing um, our research into why that location is haunted as well. So yeah, it might be like a side, side thing to go with it since we're not going to be able to come back to Quincy. And like you said, it was really crazy to find out there was nothing else in Quincy. If you're unfamiliar with Massachusetts, Quincy is right outside of Boston and it's large. It's, it's a bigger uh, city in the state. So you would think there's more stuff. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of personal stories, but we didn't get anything. And I was, I was shocked. And if you think about Boston too, so it's right, you know, 15 minutes from Boston, 20 minutes from Boston. Uh, there is so much haunted history in the city of Boston. And obviously we'll be color, covering that eventually. So many locations. We could do multi-part in Boston for sure. Just for it to be so close and for it to have such little or so little hauntings is crazy. And then even the USS Salem is haunted, but that's not because it's in Quincy. That's just where it was built and then where it's sitting now for the True. past you know, point. almost 25 years or so. So um, the funny thing Quincy, about Boston, not a haunted place, I guess. The funny thing about Boston is it's it has so much haunted history and haunted stuff, and we might not even get to Boston for two years because we have so much we have to cover in Massachusetts already mm-hmm. that like getting to Boston might it might just be a while before we even get to to the city of Boston. Just keep it on the back burner. There is a lot of good stories, and I work in Boston, so I'm there all the time. Yeah, but I I work in Boston too, sir. And <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's like <laughs> ah, we'll do this. I just hate it so much that I'm like, I don't want to go yeah. back there on my yeah. day off. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to drive in there. No. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, um, I think the other thing we should hit on real quick, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, is if you're here from the Chris Jericho podcast, we just thank you for coming over and checking us out. Uh, that episode that we recorded with him dropped last Wednesday. So thanks for uh, checking us out. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, uh, obviously, after it happened. But yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Talk is Jericho. We were featured on last Wednesday's episode. So if you haven't checked that out yet, uh, I was nervous about how we did. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to be terrible. Everyone's going everyone's gonna to harass us online. But no, no <laughs> harassment. A lot of positive yeah. tweets, and the, the reaction has been good. And I listened to the episode, and I was actually, I was like, oh, actually, we did, we did pretty well. We did pretty well. We are, so we're professionals. We are yes. professionals. Yes, of course. We know our way around a podcast. That's true. And a, and a haunted house. And a haunted house. Yes. So let's talk about some of the ghosts on this ship. And what is your favorite one other than the Burning Man? Because it's the, it's the Burning Man. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's that's the scariest sounding. Yeah, one. it's the scariest one. The name's great. We finally have a great name for a ghost, right? His name's not like Bucky McCat or something like that. <laughs> like all these other ghosts have been named. It's like, it's the Burning Man. I mean, Rob, if it, Rob, if you die in your cursed chair uh, <laughs> anytime soon, we're yes. going to name your ghost Bucky McCat. <laughs> <laughs> and you've uh, you brought this upon yourself now, so. That's the ghost of Bucky McHat died in his, cur- <laughs> died in his cursed gaming chair. <laughs> um, it has to be. The curse I put on Rob's chair was not for him to die. The curse was for him to never win another poker game again. Uh, well, How's that going? I think I won my last one that I played. Damn it. <laughs> try again. Curse, curse. curse a little harder next time, Dave. Um, I do want to bring up this point that Kevin McSlugs posted. He said that the USS Constitution is the only ship in service that has sunk another ship, and that ship, I believe, is supposed to be haunted as well. In fact, the one that the one that sunk. Who's no, who's no, the USS Constitution out. sunk another ship. It's yeah. the only ship in service. So you're saying the Constitution is the one that's haunted? Haunted. Yeah. Well, we were mentioning. No, we don't know. We, no, we, we don't know that. But we, we, we that. were mentioning that. Um, that David mentioned that he thinks that if ships had gotten combat, then they probably wouldn't be around to uh, to still haunt. They unless, they, the the unless they won. Unless they won. Well, that was my no. point, but you can take it over now. That's fine. Uh, I bet they're both haunted. Yes. One All right. So be a lot easier to investigate than the other. Yeah, that's true. Yes. 
I'm not going to the ocean floor ever. So if you guys ever wanted to investigate that one, Rob doesn't do the ocean, everybody. You want to know what I'm really scared of other than ghosts? Sea creatures. Terrifying things. Well, we'll leave Rob behind, but I do know one ship that is on the bottom of the ocean floor. Oh we won't mention God. it anyways. This, right, so we'll, this we'll isn't even a curse possession episode. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, so we mentioned the Burning Man. That is definitely a very terrifying sounding ghost for sure. So if we talk about um, names of ghosts, it definitely ranks up there as uh, mm-hmm. the coolest sounding one. So uh, I guess there is some... Um, now, people toss around the idea, all right, so was this a victim of a an accident that happened, or could it be a victim from the earthquake? Uh, there's obviously no conclusive evidence to prove it one way or another, but either way, it sounds scary. Um, other ghosts. I found the one that um, the guy who worked, I think his name was Peter, he had worked at the ship for, I think, 20, 21 years or something like that, and... Um, he had never seen anything and he was like, this place isn't haunted. And then one day he did see one and that changed his mind on it. And those, those ones are so much more convincing to me where it's like, other than the person who walks on and is like, Oh dude, there's 17 ghosts right now staring at me. (laughs) Relax buddy. Uh, I find it much more convincing to have, uh, uh, to have someone who's never seen a ghost. What, What are we laughing at? Yo, oh, yeah, all right. I wasn't sure. I was like, I was like, I can't help that Relax, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're laughing because it's never mind. It's a conversation that actually had to happen, but we're, we're gonna uh, we're gonna gloss over that one. Um, <laughs> uh, also, Captain McSlug says that uh, Bucky Ma- Bucky McHat is a better name than Burning Man. It's not Burning Man. It's subjective. Is it Burning Man? No. Yeah. yeah the Burning Man. Burning yeah. Man. It's also a festival, isn't it? It is. Anyways, moving on. So, <laughs> so I found the ghost that, that he said. It. He said it like it didn't really say anything. He said that um, that ghost in the hallway just was like it stared at him and kind of gave him a look like, like, what's up? What do you want? And then the ghost turned around and walked out. Rob, you going to be all right? I'm not because I'm thinking of that conversation on the ship. <laughs> and I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell a story. I'm just gonna tell a story. And if he's tuning in, if he's listening right now, I enjoyed this conversation. But I, so we're at this convention, and I'm standing on the top deck. And this guy walks up to me. And he's like, "Yeah, man, I just had to get out of there." I go, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, too many ghosts down there." Like, All right, have a good day, buddy. <laughs> like, sure, there, there, there could have been, but and I don't it's want a ghost this, ship. I don't want to dismiss, <laughs> dismiss it, but at the same time, it's like. like we had just it's, got there to go take a minute. It wasn't about what he said. It was about how he said it. Like, you, <laughs> like it just, I don't know. Like yeah. when people say stuff that just the way they deliver it. And I, it broke me. It, yeah. it just, it broke me. It was fantastic. <laughs> My favorite kind of people for sure. <laughs> um, So there's that, there's, a, there was another one that I kind of wanted to hear more about, which was like a, a younger group of like restless uh, rambunctious teen ghosts that run Girl. around banging on. Um, yeah, where'd they get that name? It, it, what, what was the name? It was like the um, something Doll Girls. Yeah, it was terrifying. That Whoever name. named these ghosts did a phenomenal job. I will say yeah, that. That's true. Mm. Yeah, it almost like a, like a gang of a gang of ghosts. Yeah, it's like the bur- pick, around picking on the other ghosts. Yeah, it's like the Burning Man, the Tortured Dolls, and Peter. Oh, yeah, it was also like Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter the tour guide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this, there's also the Salty Sea Captain. Which is also a great name. Yep, it is. Not a good one. And the, the ship itself is called the Sea Witch. Yep. Yeah, it earned that nickname. Uh, that wasn't one that they gave. That, it's not one that they gave to it like after the fact when they're like, ooh, let's just call it the Sea Witch. Like, no, they earned it's that. obviously a reference to Salem. It's called the USS Salem. Of course, that's why they called it the Sea Witch. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah. Well, they had visited. They they were docked in Salem for a little bit, and that, that's when they earned the name the Sea Witch. It was already called the USS Salem, which they had adapted. I think there was another ship that was already called the USS Salem. I believe I might be wrong about this. And they had decommissioned that ship, and then they were like, oh, "Let's give it to this one. That's a cool name for this ship." So that's how they earned that. And um, but yeah, it has has the nickname the Sea Witch, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I I just. 
everything, I think we all went into this ship knowing that it was supposedly haunted and none of us really knew the actual history. And shame on us for not looking it up earlier in our lives, even though we had been there. Like, what were we doing? Like, yeah, that's, that's shame on all, on all of us. More so me and you, Jesse, because Dave hadn't been to the ship because he wasn't cool enough to come with us when mm. we went. I guess not. Yeah. We definitely dropped the ball because we're always looking for haunted locations that will give ghost tours, and they've been doing ghost tours for years. I just, I, I, I don't know. I didn't read into it and see, like, what is the history of it and why would it be haunted? So then the other thing that I, I did want to point out, and I had mentioned the episode that um, it was reported on by the New York Times. I had to do some digging because there was a lot of websites that did not connect this ship to the uh, Ionian earthquake, which is, like, really the main reason that this ship is haunted. And it wasn't on Wikipedia, which isn't saying much, but it, the um, even the Ionian earthquake, when you Google that, it doesn't say that the, the USS Salem had responded to it. But I did dig up an article, actually uh, showed an image of it on the screen, um, one of them anyways, but there was multiple articles that did report on the uh, USS Salem responding to the earthquake, and they were the first ones on the scene. And I, I did confirm it with multiple sources. So uh, I was a little shaky about it. I was like, oh, damn, if this story doesn't check out, then we're back to not having a ghost story. Just, just yeah, or there, there still could be because it was also confirmed that there was uh, a few of those accidents, accidents like training yeah. accidents where they brought people on because the, the hospital or the medical rooms on the USS Salem were far superior to the other ships at the time, which is why they used it as a hospital so much. So, um, but it was, I did confirm it with a few different uh, news outlets. But then you deal with this. So if we're going for the skeptic side of things, and are, is it really the Greek ghosts that are haunting? I mean, you could certainly attribute footsteps. You could certainly attribute uh, banging on freezer doors and some of these more ominous, um, not spoken uh, ghosts or this kind of evidence. You could attribute it to them, I suppose. So I'm not ruling it out. But I would rule out the fact that people are communicating with these ghosts in English, they're getting response in English, and you would assume that the major, the vast majority of the victims of this earthquake probably speak Greek. So, if we do go back and do a legitimate investigation, we bring my Greek wife, who speaks yes. Greek, and we have her try to communicate with them. I think that's a whole different element that we could bring to the um, investigation, and that could definitely be... Um, there is a fairly well-known clairvoyant that we bring up on this show from time to time, and she has a theory on ghosts and communicate communication after death and that she says that in death there is no language so when they communicate with you they're communicating with you whether it's in your language or whether it's um you know if you're using a ouija board or something it will be they're not it, the language doesn't matter there is no more language in death yeah. they communicate i was actually going to bring that up because i was wondering if there was any type of theory for that because you would think yeah, I could see it both ways where like you know the one language or you're in death, you're just able to you're already crossing so many like different out there lines that maybe that's one that they can just you know. That is interesting. I actually haven't heard that theory before. And then I guess the other idea would be I just got back from Greece over the summer and uh so I was there a year ago, but <clears throat> I will say and I don't know if it was different back then, but uh I would say 99% of the people that I ran into also spoke English. It's like a second language out there. So they all study English. They all, a lot of them a do lot speak of, English. A lot of European companies, companies, countries all uh, learn English. What about, uh, the, what, about the, what about the urine companies? <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you said. How do they stay in business? Anyways, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, nobody buys our product. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so it is. It is widely learned. So, so who's to say that a lot of the victims didn't also speak English? But that's uh, that's one theory. But I'm still going to still going to bring the wife and have her speak Greek. If, if we can yeah. get Greek Greek responses out of like the spirit box or something, that would be a uh, or get some EVPs of people speaking Greek. That would because then you could rule out any outside conversation. This is another one where it's like if you have a lot of people on the ship, who's to say that your EVP isn't just picking up on someone's conversation? We right. were trying to do an EVP session. Me and uh, Captain McSlugs were down inside like the uh, bunk area, um, the third level down, which was pretty close to the butter room. And we were trying to do uh, an EVP session, but it just wasn't working because you were still picking up on conversations that were happening pretty far down. Um, 
so it was kind of chalked, which is one of the reasons that we didn't catch any evidence. But um, so you kind of had to rule those out. And I will uh, I will touch on the butter room real quick because we mentioned it, and that's a really not scary name. But there's a reason it's called the butter room, is because when they stored the bodies on the ship, they would steer them, uh, store them basically in like a walk-in refrigerator freezer situation, uh, because that's what you do with with dead bodies, so they don't. Smell. Where they, I wonder where they stored all the food while this was while this was uh, happening. Uh, they were using a lot of it, and they they had pretty much run out of supplies by the time backup came up. So they were feeding people and all the victims and obviously still the people that worked on the ship and everything, but they basically burned through all their resources really quick, but hopefully they didn't store the food in with the bodies because that doesn't sound like a sanitary uh, condition, mm. but they were calling it the butter room because that's where they stored the butter. So that's a pretty easy one to uh, figure out on your own, but that's why. And uh, it's birthing unit B E R T H I N G, which is not the same as giving birth. Although multiple babies were born on the ship as well. Uh, during the earthquake, a lot of the pregnant victims that they brought on from the earthquake, the tr- um, the trauma of the situation caused them to go into labor. So a lot of babies were born on the ship. A lot of people died on the ship. A lot of things happened on the ship that you wouldn't really expect out of a boat that was basically just a uh, a shiny, um, a shiny, threatening piece of equipment that the United States didn't really use uh, in war, if you will. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, if it's going to do relief missions, relief is going to respond to trauma, right? 100%. And and we think that trauma is a guiding force. I saw that earlier in the chat. We weren't able to get to it, but Fox Crown asked if hauntings had to happen because of trauma, and I don't believe so, but it definitely doesn't hurt the the case of having it um, cause the haunting. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe his wording was tragedy, not trauma, but either way, about the same thing. Um, yeah, I think he was referencing when we say every ghost story starts with the tragedy. True. Yep. Uh, most story, most ghost stories, to expand on that, uh, start with a death, right? That's why whenever we're looking into those locations, we always look into like, well, who died here? But there's also residual hauntings. We mentioned that in a lot of like the hotel episodes where um, people might just go back and haunt a place that they had a very fond memory of. So you don't necessarily have to die there to haunt the place, but plenty of people did die here. So that is one of the reasons that it is considered one of the more haunted ghost ships in the United States. It's also hard to tell those stories because it's like, and here's the Mineral Springs Hotel haunted by a three-year-old boy who had a fun time here with his family 50 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He had a great game of air hockey with his brother. It's just it's a tough story to tell, even though it's it's a thing that happens. It's just that's why we kind of leave those like we'll talk about them after the fact if we um think that they make sense to add. You know what I mean? Hmm, for sure. So uh another thing I think we did well is we did well. Like I'm praising us. I think that I you know it's a thing. It's late and I'm tired. But and- <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked to some of the people that actually work on the ship other than, rather than just talking to the other paranormal people. And we found out some of their stories and their stories were interesting. Nothing over the top, but just listening to their reactions and what they've had experienced on the ship um, helped lead credence to the fact that it probably is haunted. Yeah, exactly. These aren't you, you talk to people in the paranormal industry, they're all going to have ghost stories because they're all in the paranormal industry. So you expect that from them. It, but when you talk to like the girl who runs the snack bar, then she's not she just works there. She's not a ghost person. But if she has ghost stories, then I think that's more like you were saying more. I don't want to say legitimate, but um, yeah, it's just it's better. The girl who worked in the snack bar did have ghost stories. And uh, full disclosure, Dave wrote the opening ghost story that I read because I couldn't come up with anything. Uh, was that based on her story? No. Okay. You should have said yes. That would have been more interesting, but I'm glad you're yes. honest. <laughs> yes. No, that was based on that was based on a uh, story I found on Reddit. I find a lot of the uh, people's ghost stories on Reddit. And I can, uh, that was not like a word-for-word Um. Uh, recollection of her story of the story that I read, but it was basically like, oh yeah, I was on, I worked in the snack bar and s- smelled the smell of the 
thing downstairs, so I kind of wrote the story around that. Oh, cool. So it was a story, it just wasn't exactly her story. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. So is go ahead. I don't know. You got I was gonna I was gonna do a wrap up question. So if you have something else to add, then go ahead and ask it. I was also gonna do a wrap up question, so I think we just wrap. We're not going to have a rap battle. Not yet. We're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> That's season 23 when we're 60 years old and really trying to end the show. Uh, it's asked and asked just to sidetrack us again. Uh, someone asked if there's a difference between spirits and ghosts. So that is a great question that we are answering on our Patreon page where we're doing the history of ghosts and what each different type of ghost is. Uh, this week, either this week or this weekend, the next ghost we're going to be covering is a Kikimora. We will get into spirits and ghosts as well, but we're kind of doing this as like multicultural where we're hitting the first one was an Onryo in Japan. Dave, you are working on Yuri, a Yuri ghost. as well. And then I'm doing the Slavic ghost, like I said, a Kikimora. So, um, Short answer to your question is yes, there are there are differences between spirits and ghosts. That one particularly uh, is more of like an interchangeable word that people use. You know, as a spirit, as a ghost, synonymous, but there are slight differences. Yes. So the so the short answer is what Dave just gave you. The long answer is what Rob said, which is you have to fucking pay for it to get your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so my wrap up question. What was your, what was your, uh, I was going to ask mine because we keep going back and forth here. Uh, my wrap up question is overall, um, we spent a good amount of time on the, on the, the boat. Do you consider this a ghost ship? Do you think the USS Salem is haunted? I'll start with you, Dave. Um, I, yeah, I do. I didn't experience anything, but there are so many stories from it, um, that I, you know, I think there's just too many to ignore, to ignore. Rob? I, I think it, Potentially is. I really believed every one of the workers from the ship that we talked to and their experiences. They seemed very genuine with what they had uh, experienced. So, yes, it's a place I would like for us to investigate. It's not like we would do a full episode again on it, but maybe as like a side content episode, we would go back. Yeah, I'd go with yes, uh, and which is nice because I have been um, kind of flip-flopped. But that's only because I didn't really do my research on it. But it's mostly about listening to the accounts of people that have been on the ship and people that have worked on the ship for a long time. And um, and I had mentioned it kind of extensively earlier, but Peter's recollection where he, uh, Mr. Bloomberg, his account of working on the ship for so long and then finally seeing something. And uh, I do want to get to this question from Demon King. Uh, he says, the episode about the Hall- Sally House I'll always enjoy listening to due to the fact that I live 30 minutes north of Atchison and I've driven by it in a few other Houses that are haunted throughout the town. Yes, that is on our very... It's at the top of our places to visit. And I think we're going to try to make that happen uh, probably this fall. That one we're going to absolutely go out and check out. So You should shoot us an email at uh, hometownghoststories at gmail.com and let us know about those other locations in the area because I think that would be really interesting. And if any of them are available to look at when we're out that way, we would like to. Yeah, because I believe in the Sally House episode, you didn't cover any other locations, did you? Okay, nope, so we could definitely Sally. follow up with that area, do a couple other haunted locations, and then do our part two of the Sally House, which is going to include the actual visiting of the Sally House and then an investigation inside, which would definitely be a very cool, because we're going to have to shake it up a little bit for part two. Technically, part three, because on the whole Chris Jericho podcast, we you know, to the whole Sally house thing again, uh, assassin XS, what has been your most scary encounter? Uh, Rob, well, I know we know Rob's answer. Yeah. I mean, I don't you have to go over that, that, that again. You can <laughs> just, to, just to go brief. Cause assassin's relatively new to the podcast. Rob, okay. In a very haunted house. Um, listen to, I, I don't want to say it. Listen to episode one, listen to the Chris Jericho podcast. You can hear about the experiences at my grandparents' house that they owned in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, which is where I still, the town I still live in. So, um, and you'll hear all about the scary encounters there. Uh, if we go, if we stray away from that, my next answer is Emily's bridge. I just, I was scared to death for like a good 30 seconds. Like, legitimately terrified for 30 seconds and then still scared afterwards. So those are probably two of my most um, places that were terrifying for me. What about you guys? I would agree with you on Emily's bridge. I wouldn't, I mean, it, it made me jump. I mean, whatever we saw on that bridge, 
And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, me, I'm a goofball. I just kind of laughed it off after, but, uh, just going back and thinking about it. And it's like, I can't get that out of my mind. Like, like we yeah. legitimately saw something like a, a ghost of some sort climbing over the bridge right next to me to a point where I was, I was going to say hello. I thought it was, I thought it was a dude. I thought it was a dude, like a caretaker or something that was going to kick us out. And I was like, I got to talk to this fucking guy. Cause why is he hiding under a bridge? Like a troll in the middle of the night when it's <laughs> one degrees outside, if that, so that was a, uh, that was scariest experience for me, I would say. Uh, but location wise, I would still give it to the conjuring house. And I know that's kind of cliche to say, and this is kind of the paranormal investigators go to and only for the experience of when I went back into the house by myself, the energy, like that's the whole fucking vibe of that house was so scary. I'm just like, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And that, that was it for me. Dave, what about you? Um, I'm going to have to agree about uh, Emily's bridge. We had that EVP that came through the uh, voice recorder that was pretty terrifying and Mm -hmm. made me jump out of my skin. And uh, it's hard to get me to jump out of my skin because I am a skeptic first. So um, that one stands out for me. And um, pulling into the conjuring house was definitely like, it was hit me. It was like, wow, this is, this is the place where it happened. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, Once we got into the, investigation it was a little bit less scary because like we said earlier it's just so many people there the energy is just different when you pack a house full of people having fun so just to piggyback off those two things we were talking about um one is i left the conjuring house like a half hour before you guys Mm -hmm. and i had to walk that path to the back like through it's like a driveway basically but it's almost like a path as well it's unpaved driveway so it's (laughs) it's and that's when I felt what you're talking about. Hmm. I didn't see anything, but I was like, man, this place is really creepy. Um, yeah. It's all about being solo in those situations or with minimal amount of people. I mean, that yeah. location is undoubtedly terrifying. The The look of it outside, inside, pulling up, even when you drive by it, just seeing like the barbed wire and the old barn. And you know that there's just something evil and dark about that house. So I, I can definitely agree with that. Obviously when you're inside, there was circumstances that made it not as scary as it should have been. But if you go in there solo or with one or two people, it's going to be a whole different experience than when you would uh, go into it with everybody. So uh, we hope to add a, a lot more terrifying experiences to our list, especially coming up this fall. The the other thing I wanted to say is, and the, the reverse of that is when we went to Emily's bridge, it was terrifying looking and stuff. But when we were going there, I thought we were going to go there and get nothing. I I assumed we were going to Emily's Bridge. This was all urban legend. We were going to go to this bridge and nothing was going to happen. We weren't going to be scared. And every time we went to that damn bridge, something happened. It started with the with the drone trying to fly it through. And I was like, that's weird. It just I don't know. Like that. I think that's what took me off guard about it is I went there with. The I went there with like too being too much of a skeptic, like expecting nothing. So to get what we got there was like eye opening. Absolutely, yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. So uh, once again, I want to thank you guys that that hung out in in chat. Um, if you guys want to learn how to support the show, just swing on over to iTunes and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Five stars. Leave a comment. We'll read out the comment. Uh, Rob, I don't know. If, do you have any uh, that you want to read out? Um, not this week. We're, you guys. we're running, running a little long, and we got a lot of five stars though this week. So we appreciate the five stars. We'll read more reviews next week. Yeah, definitely keep it coming in. I, I do want to give a shout out to Antoinette and Jack. Uh, Antoinette is tuning in for the first time ever. She was our old neighbor back in the day. Moved off to Ireland, but she's back visiting my parents, so they're all hanging out watching the show. Antoinette, Jack, thank you, and also Rowan, um, who is also tuning in. Thank you for watching. And uh, everyone else that's hanging out in chat, Selchuk, Assassin, you've been a legend tonight, Cash. Everybody, uh, thank you for that. That's very good. It's very good. Also, if you're interested in getting your name in the credits, it is a very uh, prestigious honor. You can hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash hometown ghost stories. You can do a little pledge there. We send out some swags. We send out uh, these fancy t-shirts. If you guys are watching on the stream, uh, you can see these hometown ghost story shirts. Let me show you the back. Boom. There it is. There's a ghost. Look at that. Finally got to go. I literally just almost missed my chair and fell on ass. <laughs> now, now your house is haunted. Yes. Are yeah. we going to call that ghost um, 
what did I say earlier? What was the name? What was the name? I'm looking for it. Was it uh, Bucky McHat? Bucky McHat. <laughs> oh, that, that might have to be the name of our ghost. <laughs> oh yeah, we got a name for him now. Perfect. I love it. Hell yeah. Uh, if and you, we do have a few more of those shirts available for, for purchase. If you just want to um, email me, is it just all large? That's what all large, one medium. Oh, yeah, I think it's all large, one medium. It's only a few though. So if you want one, email us and uh, we'll set up arrangements for that. But let's yes. stop. Let's stop shilling. Yes, I just attempted to pull up an image of the stickers, but we also have magnets, which is just the uh, the logo. Um, which, if you want a magnet, we have so many of them. So please hit us up for a magnet. We'll send it out for free. It's got our little hometown ghost stories logo on it. Well, maybe free. I don't. Know. I guess we didn't discuss this as a group. But anyways, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this is uh, this is this has been episode number thirty two of Hometown Ghost Stories, the Ghost Ship USS Salem, the Sea Witch. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you drop a little subscribe on YouTube, and we'll see you guys on Friday for a horror movie review. Yes. Yes. All right, we'll see you then. Thanks, guys.